following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Okay, today's uh, New Testament reading comes from Luke 21, 5 through 19. It's on page 856 in the Red Bibles. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be, and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and plagues. There will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. And with that, <laughs> I welcome Kristen to give us the word. Are we good? Excellent. Good morning. Thank you for that wonderful reading. It's going to be a fun day today. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, oh, sorry, I should introduce myself. My name's Kristen. I serve on the leadership team here, and you'll understand why I'm up here in just a minute. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we started a new sermon series called The Work of the People, and we started off a couple of weeks ago with a, we called it Blank Slate Sunday. And we sort of built the service together as we went, right, as different people shared the gifts that they have to the community. And we recognize that our work together is dependent on all the people who are here. And today, while it was unplanned, we are learning that again. At 6 a.m. this morning, I got an email from Scott saying that he is not feeling well today. And neither is Jesse. And someone should lead the sermon this morning. <laughs> so here I am. And here's the story. It, like, yeah, it's funny. And you too, though, could have received an email this morning. In fact, all of the leadership team did. And I, I was the first one who was, I guess, willing to admit that I was awake and had seen it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, but here's the deal. Though this part of the service where we hear from the word of God, it's a part that we all still do together. It's not something that only the people with the special training can do, though, as many of you know, I do have some training. But as Christian people, we all read our Bibles, and we believe that God still speaks through his people and his word. So we will be putting that to the test today with a bit of an unusual passage, 
Uh, so be prepared as we start talking about the end times. Uh, we're, we're really not. I'll, I'll clarify that in a minute. Um, but today's actually probably a good day for us to be talking about both what we read in Scripture and how we read it and how we read it together. The passages today, and I'm going to actually have somebody come up and read one of the other passages in just a minute. Um, the passages that we got in the lectionary today, if you Google that ahead of time like we've talked about and sort of read through the week ahead, you saw there's, a lot, there's some prophetic language in the passages this week, and um, it's, it's maybe not like the ones that are our normal go-tos when we're trying to figure out how to live in the world every day. We might skip these ones from time to time. But my guess is, uh, as we sit in this room, there are some passages that maybe we're not always sure what to do with and how they are going to relate to our lives. So I think today's passage is one of those, and it's a good one for us to get some practice on. So sometime in the future, I will maybe share my thoughts on the quote-unquote end times. I put that in quotes. You've probably heard that. It's a, a particular part of the Christian subculture. Um, we were I was joking earlier with Elliot about a movie that we both saw in our childhood that um, I don't know why that movie exists in the world, but... <laughs> It's, it's probably about scaring small children at summer camp, I think, is what that movie is for. Uh, but I'll just summarize my sort of take on it for the moment and say, in the words of Monty Python, I don't think that word means what you think it means. So today's lectionary reading, we're going to have to get into it a little bit. We get a story from the Gospel of Luke, Luke 21, about Jesus and his disciples and a conversation about the temple and wars, and rumors of wars, and false prophets, and all the sort of end times imagery that maybe you have in your mind if you grew up like I did. But I guess the question for us is, what if this passage really isn't about that? What if that movie maybe isn't, or the, the books, or you know, any of the other ways that you've maybe engaged with that idea? What if that's not what this text is about today? I know people read this passage from Luke as if it is about our future. We are reading ourselves into the story. War and persecution, all of that. And here's the deal. This isn't our future. Jesus was telling the disciples a story about their future. And it actually was very true to their future. The temple was destroyed about 40 years later. And there was great turmoil and persecution, especially for Christians. The disciples were beheaded and burned at the stake. They ran for their lives and lived in caves and deserts, and at least one was exiled. Many of Jesus' disciples died in the persecution. So the story in Luke is actually very truly their story. And we read it now and we say, well, okay, if this was their story, what does that mean for us? I think we have to look at that in light of one of the other passages from today. So if you looked at the lectionary readings ahead of time, one that we didn't read this morning yet comes from 2 Thessalonians. Does anyone want to volunteer to come up and read from 2 Thessalonians this morning? I'll even find it. You don't even have to find it. All right, excellent. 2 Thessalonians. Oh, he's coming. 2 Thessalonians. 
Here it is. Chapter 3, 6 through 13. Okay. Now we command you, beloved, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from believers who are living in idleness and not according to the tradition they received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you, and we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day so that we might not burden any of you. This was not because we do not have that right, but in order to give you an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this command. Anyone unwilling to work should not eat. For we hear that some of you are living in idleness, mere busybodies not doing any work. Now such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Brothers and sisters, do not be weary in doing what is right. Thank you. Okay. That is another passage that I think often is used maybe in not the way that it was intended when it was written. Um, Paul's actually addressing a particular thing in the church in Thessalonica in that passage. At the time, there were a group of Christians who were saying, the end is here. Therefore, we do not have to do anything. We do not have to work. We do not have to engage in the world. And Paul's saying, no, no, no. You, you have misread <laughs> what that means. You, you are called to live in the world. And he's saying, I should be your primary example, right? If Paul doesn't think that it's time to sit, sit by, what are these Christians doing? Where's that coming from? So he's challenging them that it's time to continue to engage in the world. That the, um, the message of Jesus isn't about idleness, but is about engagement. So what does Jesus mean in Luke 21? The question this text asks us is not, what will, when will these things happen? But what does this mean for us? That's actually the question that the church in Thessalonica should have been asking. Not when will these happen, and if it's happening right away, that means that we don't have to participate, we don't have to engage in the world. Instead, they should have said, well, if this is true, what does it mean? How ought we to live? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Today we're going to do one of our artisan classics. It's a discussion Sunday. Um, so for those introverts in the room who Artisan Classic Discussion Sunday isn't your thing, find a big group of people, because in big groups you have to talk less. So be preparing right now for who you're going to be sitting with. Find an extrovert and sort of just glob onto them, right? Let them do start the talking, carrying some of the discussion. But for time to time we do this, and part of it is because we read this text as a group, right? It's not... I read it and share with you, or Scott reads it and shares with you, but we read it together and we say, what is God calling us to as a people who live in Rochester, New York, in the year of our Lord, 2022? So we're going to do that this morning, and the question before you is, as you read Luke 21, so you can find it in your Bibles and go back and read it again. As you read Luke 21, what stands out to you? 
where the Spirit of God might be saying to you, this is something for you to live out in the world today. How is this text pointing you to a way of living in the world? So we're going to spend a few minutes doing that in our in discussion, and then we'll come back together and share just a few closing remarks, and then we will end our service together as we normally do in communion. Not rhetorical. Everyone find a partner. <laughs> All right, what did we decide? What were, what were the aha moments? Who wants this? Cheryl. Cheryl's going to come and take this microphone. <laughs> Cheryl, if you take it, you can just pass it to someone. <laughs> yes. Any, any aha moments in our conversations? We had a great chat. There are some really good things. Hi, um, I'm Penny, and hello, and I got here just as the reading started. So hey, that was a lot of fun to walk in to hear that. <laughs> and then, oh, we have to get into a group and talk, good. And they're like, oh, you're the extrovert. I'm like, I don't want to be the extrovert. <laughs> I just want to sit here and listen, because what I have to say is probably going to be wildly unpopular. And, as I was, and, and what I was going to say is I sat down and listened to this. My thought was, my God, the Christian community is on the wrong side of power right now. And there's no other way to describe it and from, my, from my viewpoint of a, of a queer follower of Jesus. I don't even use the term Christian because of all the connotations. I don't use this, the, the term Christian for the same reason I don't fly an American flag its meaning has been corrupted, in my view, from what it's supposed to mean. And yet, uh, so many Christians in the Christian nationalist movement are acting as if uh, what they're saying there is, is true. You are being persecuted in your multi-million dollar, 2,000 seat community, 17 color widescreens broadcast across five different channels all around the world, church. The, the disconnect there is 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 so deep for me that um, I remember a couple of months ago where Scott had another one of these discussions where he was asking people, and I was too chicken to say it at the time. Uh, we're talking about Christianity and 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 what how do we structure ourselves as Christians? And my 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 honest question was going to be why bother. Uh, the, the word to me has been so corrupted it's going to take an awful lot of work to make it mean anything like what Christ had meant it to mean, what the original followers of Christ had meant it to mean. It's a good point, Penny. Thank you. I um, sort of, we've, words take on new meaning and new settings, and I, I think it's a really good question for people that say we're going to follow this person, Jesus. How do we live that out in a world where it actually does feel like we're running into another group of people who use similar words but mean such different things, right? So how do we live and engage in the world in that way? I think you're, you're highlighting an important point. What Jesus is saying here wasn't to us today in the same way in terms of like we are not the persecuted, right? 
that he was talking to in that time. Excellent. Anyone else have good takeaways from your group time? One simple thing we came up with was just the idea that they're showing off this temple, this edifice to their history, and Jesus is basically saying, this is all going to crumble. Don't live in the past. Don't live in the rigidity of the past. And they say, oh, when? When's it coming down? And he immediately, in as many ways as he can, says, don't live in fear of the future. Just live now. Live my message now. Act the way I'm trying to teach you now, the example I'm setting. That doesn't mean don't prepare and, and how to have, have a fruitful life, but don't live in fear of the future. Don't live enslaved to the past. Live now and live out Jesus' work now. That's good. If I had to live just today, what would that mean? How would I listen to the Spirit today? I think that's good. It's a good reminder, too. Like, this text is in the middle of this series for us, which is on sort of rethinking worship. And in a way, that's what Jesus is saying. Like, this building that has been the center of your worship life, what if that's not there anymore? Then what does that mean for you? How do you live that out? That's good. Back here. Okay, with our group, um, we found it interesting that, let's see, the first, by the way, I'm Steve. Um, This isn't my church home yet, but we've kind of tagged along with the Open Doors group, my family. So that's been a blessing to me as I think about culture and, and some of the big issues that I've been told to think one way about, and I'm kind of working through some of that stuff. So, um, really cool idea to get us all together because we looked at, um, teacher, when will this be and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he doesn't answer the question. (laughs) He does kind of say, um, relax a little bit or, or don't worry about it, not relax. But I found it interesting and some people echoed in our group. He said, before he got to the plagues, before he got to famines, before he got to wars, beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he and the time is near, don't go after them. And one big thing that, um, like the news lately, oh no, the economy, and a lot of people are saying, oh no, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be poor, and you know, um, on my YouTube feed, it's um, person after person, Come to my, my webinar, and I'll show you how to make a million dollars in this uh, recession that's going to come. And um, what happens is you're led astray. I, I'm the one you need to follow. Mm-hmm. I'm the one you need to listen to. If you don't listen to me, then you're going to be in trouble. And I don't think that puts our focus in the right place. I think focusing on God and his provision will be a, little bit, a lot stronger in the end. So that was our, that was one of mine. Excellent. Thank you. It's a good, good reminder. Oh, Colleen over here. Going to have to get all the way across the room. A good reminder to be discerning. I think that connects to even what Penny was saying about not everybody who says that they follow Jesus is in fact following Jesus, right? So it's discerning in our own lives. Are we in fact following Jesus and in the world around us? Um, so we were thinking about how in context, like you were saying, Kristen, that this was not written about the end times, but about the destruction of the temple and then thinking about the history of that and did some Googling and Luke was actually written after the destruction of the temple, um, which completely changes how you think about this passage because instead of being written to people to scare them away, Um, or to elicit fear, 
um, it seems more to be written as a, a way to comfort the people after they've lost their temple, um, which just totally flips the script. Yeah, no, that's really good. Just because Jesus said it, uh, it was recorded later, right? And so looking back on that time, it gives you a different way. If you're reading the book of Luke and you've just lost your temple and you're saying, okay, Jesus says this, it gives you a, a different sense of comfort in the world when you could feel very unsettled. I think that's really important. Thank you, Google. We love Google. Uh, good morning. Um, I'll speak more for myself than the group because we had a lot of good things to say, but uh, it's hard to take all that in. But um, one of the things I shared was that I'm glad you brought in the Thessalonians passage because I was sharing with them that there's been times um, in, in my life, especially in recent years, where I've wanted to just throw it all in and say, forget it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to put the work in. It's not worth it to put the effort in. The world's going to crap. Um, and anyway, so what I share was what's brought me back from kind of that attitude and that that uh, that tendency to give up on it all is that I've come to know people who you know I'm if I gave up on 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 my faith I'm not going to really it's not going to really matter if I give up on society it's not going to matter I'm not going to be harmed by it I'm not going to I'm going to go and live in my life I'm a white guy that has has been fine right. Um, but I've come to know a lot of people that truly will be harmed by society um, if we aren't involved, if we aren't trying to live out our faith um, the way we've been told to live out our faith. And, and so I think there's a, there's a call, like I think it was Dan that brought it out, was that this is really, this Luke passage is really a call to action more than anything else. It's a, you know, these things are going to happen, but how are you going to react to it? What are you going to do about it in light of what Christ has taught us, right? Good. We'll take one more over here. We keep zigzagging. Oh, and then, so, oh, we've got a couple. Okay. We'll all go fast. We're going to run a little late today, people. Um, I just want to say that for me, I have this fear of being stupid. So when the scripture that jumped out at me is um, don't be defensive. Don't create this defense so that you'll be right and you'll be smart. And I don't like to debate because... I, I might end up being stupid. And so what we kind of found was it was more about, okay, if all of these earthquakes and famines and whatever happen, are we, don't worry about that, but what are we going to do in relationship? And how are we going to, you know, and the pandemic was, you know, everybody wants to be right. No, no, it's, no, it's right, you know. And so God is saying, pay attention to the love in the relationship. Yeah, good. Um, I'm Del. I'm part of the leadership team. And uh, our group, um, the verse that stuck, stood out to us was, so make up your mind not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you the words and wisdom that none of your opponents, opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. And it's just sort of a reminder that we can't prepare for everything, but we can be really intentional about trusting Jesus mm -hmm. uh, in our lives and to really pay attention to that, um, to his voice. Um, and we just, we just felt like that was something, an invitation, because you, I don't know about all you type, I mean, I'm a type A, so like, I like to prepare for everything. I like to like, you know, Boy Scout, you know, always like be prepared, but you can't, and that'll make you crazy. But if you focus on 
hearing Jesus' voice, knowing Jesus' voice, your, the words will come to you. The, 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 the situation that you need to handle in the moment will be revealed to you. And, I mean, how to handle, sorry, the, whatever. Either way, you'll know how to handle the situation when it presents yeah. itself. And so that was something that we really thought about. Yeah, that's good. One more over here. I do think it's, it's helpful to be reminded that the Spirit of God is active and at work in the world and in our lives, right? So you can tone down the anxiety of how much do I have to be ready to respond. Actually, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control of God himself can be with us. <laughs> and isn't that a wonderful thing? Hi, I'm Emma. Ooh, hey oh, this is loud. Um, so I've been hearing this passage for my entire life. I grew up in a church where this was used in the left behind yes. context. <laughs> I went to a private Christian school that some of you might have heard about. Um, and there, this verse was also used in this context. And I have family members and I've been surrounded by people my entire life who have used this verse and this section of verses um, a lot in the past eight years. And this is the first Sunday, I think, that it has been brought to my attention that, that Jesus is saying, hey, no matter what happens, I'm going to be with you and not you're going to suffer and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's like, which is true. We will all encounter suffering in our lives, but he is not just, it doesn't end there. He's saying, I'm going to be with you. This is a prophetic passage because as it was pointed out, Luke, this was written after the temple had fallen and um, it was written and it's, it reflects the lives of the disciples. But God is saying to them and to us, no matter what happens to you, what has happened to you, what is happening to you, I will be with you and you can count on me. And so this is the first time that I, that's, I've ever been like, whoa, that is, that's what it's saying. That is one of the many things yeah. that it's saying. Yes, it is. It is one of the many. And I, I think it's a good um, segue, actually, to as, as we conclude our service today. Um, in reading this, that's sort of what I was drawn to as well, that we are called to engage in the world in the midst of uncertainty. There's plenty of uncertainty. And that we are sustained in that. As, the, as we listen to the Spirit at work in our lives, as we are reminded that God is with us in everything. So that's my prayer for us this week, uh, that Jesus will sustain us in the week ahead as we seek to live out the good news of God's love for the world, which is what we are called to do as we engage in the world around us. And we're going to come and take communion together as we do every week, and it is a space to be reminded that we are sustained by the love of God. This uh, table is bread and wine, the body and blood of Christ given to us as a reminder of the real presence of Christ with us. At Artisan, you do not need to be a member to participate in this table. It is the table. It is not the table of the church. It is the table of the Lord. And all who follow Jesus are invited to this table. So for a couple of things, if you have kids down the hall, you can either go get them now or you can um, get them, come and take communion and then go get your kids who are down the hall. For the flow of things we serve, come up the center aisle if you're new with us, come up the center aisle and then go back down the two side aisles. All the communion elements up here actually this week are gluten-free, so be aware of that when you come, if that is something that you need. We also have the individual cups up here 
if you need that. Um, but come forward, take a piece of bread, dip it in the a juice or in the wine, and partake remembering that um, this is the, the blood of Christ shed for you, the body of Christ broken for you. Um, so let us participate in that as a sustaining grace for us this week. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.